Doc Rivers continues to time and time again not get it when it comes to getting. Oh! Let him play. You bet one one bone to win nineteen. I'm where? What site do you use where you can actually bet one buck? I, they let you do fifty cent bets. Oh my goodness gracious! <laughs> yeah. yeah, literally, like he dropped Superman down like the drain. Comes out. Like, God damn it, Superman! <laughs> I don't know, honey. I don't know where he got that from. From Los Angeles, this is Dave in the City. Part of the Dit Cow Sports Network. Now, here's Dave Medina. And good evening, sports fans! And a pleasure to have you here for the Dit Cow Football Show. Good to have you back with us from the Dave in the City Studios at the home of champions, Southern California. It's really nice to hang out with you all tonight. And uh, we're back at it again. But some uh, off-season news for you to, t- to to cover, and joining us for this special for this uh, off-season program is our friend, um, longtime good friend. We go back many many years. Our, our my our friend uh, Jacob Rosales Hunt, who is joining us via the telephone tonight. And uh, Jake, it's good to have you back. It's been a minute. How are you tonight? Hey, hey buddy, how's it going? Good, 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 good. Yeah, you, you know. Ready? I was just reading up on some of the some of the scenarios with the uh, with the Niners and and uh, you know it's it's kind of it's very interesting decisions to be made. I I gotta say you know for 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 your guys' team you know it, it's it's gonna be um gonna be a very fascinating off season I must say. I I thought we were gonna talk about Ukraine, so <laughs> that's what I prepared for. <laughs> oh, I'm sure everybody is right. Yeah. So. What can you say? I, I mean, not much so, else I can add to that. Um, but I mean, there's a lot to say, but like, I, I don't know if this is the time or the place. Right, right, right. Understood. Yeah. Um, let me rename your thing for a second, just to make sure. Hold on, I'm gonna go back to full screen, just to make sure we don't nobody gets doxxed here. So, <laughs> just let me rename your thing. There we go. Cool. We, I think we're good now. Okay, good. So, um, but uh, but how are you? Everything all right with you? Otherwise? Yeah. You know, I mean, it is what it is. Mm. We're, you know, in COVID still, but yeah. still like things are different. But you know, you know how it is. Yeah, no, no, you're right. It's, it's. I know how it is. I know for sure. But uh, yeah, football season is great. You had a nice ending. Um, I know you don't get as much into the broadcasters. Was it a nice ending? <laughs> Fair question. It was for me. <laughs> As a 49ers fan, it was was not a great ending. I mean, it was fine. Just, they had a good year, though. It was a great year, <sighs> though. Yeah, and all in all, I mean. It was. It was. It, it was a very, very uh, uh, um, interesting year in the sense that, like, I feel like it was a two different parts of the season where you saw them come out and really struggle mm-hmm. uh, to start the year. And then as time went on, they – begin to kind of put it together and you felt pretty good about it right like it was like oh they're they're this is this team's you know making a run here and mm-hmm. for all kinds of different reasons they were able to put that together and and, and and do that but also you know they they uh you know they just weren't able to finish it off but yeah that's probably why they're where they're at now in this offseason it's kind of an interesting one for the 49ers yeah, which i don't think has been the case Recently, it's just been kind of more like, you know, the 49ers haven't had this kind of an offseason in a while. It's been, mm-hmm. you know, we have our quarterback, 
we have, you know, a, a roster constructed to be able to make a run. Let's see what we can do. Uh, this year, it, it's, you know, and they have their quarterback, but they also have another quarterback. And, you know, uh, it, they're very different guys. So it, yeah. it's very interesting to see where they're going to where they're going to go. But it was a nice, I think, a nice run to kind of finish off the Jimmy Garoppolo era of the 49ers. And, and um, you know, I, I always like Jimmy. I think we all understand not a superstar. He's not a top five quarterback. He's not an elite guy, but I think that he brought a lot to the table that mm-hmm. um, was a little bit underappreciated. I think, I think he's actually more respected in NFL circles than he is amongst fans. Does that make sense? You know, I, I think so. And, I think um, so. Yeah. 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 He's, you know, pretty... well, and I think it's just, it's really what he's capable of doing, what he's asked to do. Right. Like, right. He's he, like the one elite tool he has is, his release he gets you know his ability to get rid of the ball fast you know he's got a very quick release um and Shanahan's asking him like hey you know everybody always talks about like oh he's throwing easy throws which from an arm perspective it's true he's throwing 15 yards down the field 10 yards down the field but they're all in the middle of the field and I don't know if you've heard but like there's a lot of people in the middle of a football field sure you know the reason why good quarterbacks throw to the outside is because a they're capable of doing it and b there's nobody out there there's a corner and that's it you know maybe a safety uh the reason why guys don't throw across the middle of the field is because it's a dangerous thing to do and the fact that he would step up in the pocket and let go of the ball as quickly as he could sometimes take hits and throw some of those really just kind of darts and risk you know interceptions and risk him looking bad. I mean, all kinds of things like Shanahan was asking him to do that. And he did it. He, a lot of the little things he was able to do. We know he doesn't have a big arm, you know, we know that he can't really run. All those things are true, but that's why Shanahan asked him to do what he, you know, and that. And, and, and I think that that was what made him successful. I think after you saw the thumb injury and the shoulder injury, then you're kind of getting into a, you know, a scenario of like, you know, Hey, he still doesn't need to have a big arm in order to get rid of the ball, but yeah you know, you could tell that he wasn't able to make those other throws that he was already not great at, right? Like, right. So still not a guy who has a big arm. We know that. That's why he went in the second round and not the first round, you know, it, point blank. Uh, anyway. So what uh, but we yeah, have... I think it's just an interesting year. Oh, very much so. And, and as we can stay with Garoppolo, and the many things that the Niners could do with him um, include a lot of talk about trading him to the Steelers, which is a very interesting situation for my team, the Steelers, because it's yeah. he's just a solid, he's a decent quarterback. So it's like, this might be exactly what this team needs. Somebody who's just not, I mean, yes, he turns the ball over, right? We're usually good for like one or two interceptions, would you say, like a game? But it's not a bad pick, and I wonder if that might work out for both sides. What do you think? Well, you know, I'll say this much. You know, um, would he be better than Ben Roethlisberger? Of course. Was the yeah. last couple of seasons. I'm going to come out and just say absolutely yes. Like Easy. 100%. Absolutely, yeah. Um, you can do a lot worse than Jimmy Garoppolo. I, I think the big one that I've, that I've been using is, you know, the, the I'm going to say the Redskins, but I'm sorry, the, the Commanders. <laughs> I don't know if I'll get used to that one. <laughs> Um, it's better than Washington Redskins, though, right? Like, like, like anything know. would be better than Redskins. Oh right? no, no, I'm not. I'm not. I am not trying to. No, like yes, one hundred percent. Like yeah. you know, I. I think it is a terrible name, but I. I those teams yeah, where it's like for sure. I didn't. 
I, I didn't care as much about the Indians. I think the Guardians is a stupid name, but fine. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't think the, the Indians more like a misnomer than anything else. Right. Redskins is clearly racist. Yeah. Like, yeah <laughs> right, then, right, right. Oh yeah. I, you yeah. Know, like I, I just say it. But anyway, we don't have to <laughs> dive into that. I think yeah, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. Still, Commanders. I, I right, just right, think exactly. it's a yeah, yeah, football yeah. team. Yeah, I, sure. I actually liked it. I thought it, I thought it worked. I kind of grew on me. I, thought it was just I don't think Commanders. I was good with the football team. Like, like we should have just kept it. Like it was, it was, a, it yeah. was, it was kind of becoming a thing. I'm kind of with you on that. I, I think that would have been better. I feel like the, the Commanders and and the Guardians is very much like the Pelicans, right? Where right. it was kind of like maybe I'll like this at some point, and no. That's never happened. There has never been a moment where I'm like, you know what? They made the right decision. The Pelicans is a stupid fucking name. Like, let's just be clear about that. It's a dumb name for a basketball team. I don't get why they went with that. Um, there's so many things that you could do. I know they can't do the Jazz, which is a legitimately cool name. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, Utah took it for some ungodly reason. Um, uh, you know, but hey, you don't have that. But there's something else out there. Like the, the Pelicans? Anyway, I think the Guardians and the Commanders is going to be the same thing. I'm just yeah. never going to get used to it, and it's never going to be good. Um, anyway, I think that's a team where I've seen a lot of talk of like, oh, Grappolo, but he's just not that good. They need to go after somebody else. I'm like, mm-hmm. of course, if you can get Russell Wilson, absolutely. If you, know, if you can get Aaron Rodgers, absolutely. If you can do something to get a guy like you know like those guys, then yeah, of course you're going to do that over to Jimmy Grappolo. But I'm sorry. You should be lucky to have a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo if you're Washington. You should be lucky to have a guy like that after the quarterbacks you've been throwing out here for the last few years. And Heineke, I, I mean, I think we all see the upside. I think we all see the flashes, but that's all it's been. And I don't know if there's anything else there. Uh, you know, uh, I'm not saying Jimmy Garoppolo is going to come in and save your franchise, but Jesus, like, for the Steelers, for the you know, I don't. I feel like Steelers fans, and I've seen Steelers players talk about this, are like, yeah, why not? And I think it's just a more stable organization in the sense that like they're looking for stability uh, in general, just from a franchise standpoint historically. But at the quarterback position, like that's what they've done, and I think that he's probably a guy that can provide you that outside of the injury issues. Uh, that's the biggest, I think, question mark for Jimmy Garoppolo is the injuries. Can he stay on the field? Um, I think that's the majority of the reason why the 49ers moved on for him from him. Oh, really? Yeah, he's the injuries. Okay. And I, yeah. I, I think it, I think it has mostly to do with injuries. And I yeah. think obviously, like if you, if you, if he had more upside, if he had a higher ceiling, if there was something else there, right, then you're going to be okay and you're going to swallow that. It's like Aaron Rodgers, right? Aaron Rodgers had a couple of seasons where he, you know, he, you know, had a, he broke his collarbone, like a guy, you know, kind of landed on top of him. He had injuries, like. You wait around for that guy, right? You're not going to go like, well, this guy's always injured now. Like, you're going to be like, hey, whatever. Like, he's Aaron Rodgers. When he's there, we're going to go to the playoffs. You know, we're a Super Bowl contender. You know, Jimmy's not that guy. And, you know, it, so it's a mix of both. I'm not saying it's just the injuries, but, like, if he's healthy, you're a contender. And you're probably, you're, you know, you're, you're satisfied with that. You know, you can also, uh, you know, based on the contract they gave him, I know a lot of people talk about, like, oh, they overpaid him. And, like, yeah, I think you can argue they overpaid him. But when you actually look at the contract he's in right now, you look at the cap numbers, like if the 49ers wanted to, they could extend Jimmy Garoppolo, lower his cap, and really make it pretty manageable. Uh, and, you know, they're obviously not going to do that now, but they could have. And I think any team right now, he's got a massive base salary and hardly any guarantees coming into this season. So if you trade for that contract, you can turn a lot of that 
base salary into a signing bonus and spread out a cap and, you know, give him, you know, two, three more years on his contract and like, see what he can do. In the meantime, you can draft somebody, you can, you know, or whatever, whatever it is that you're going to do. You don't have to do anything this year. If you have a guy like Garoppolo, you may want to bring in a vet, you know, who can come in and, and, and play if he's hurt. Right. Obviously. But if I'm the Steelers, that's an option. You know, if I'm Washington, that's an option. If I'm one of those teams, like, He's a perfectly solid quarterback. He's a guy that can get it done. Again, like going back to what I was talking about, like what Shanahan's asking him to do, I think is is a lot harder than people think. It's a lot more difficult than people realize. I think most people have this idea that like, you know, uh, that Garoppolo was just, you know, throwing five yard, you know, like let me put it this way. I saw a lot of 49er fans compare him to Alex Smith, who was a check down guy. Check down all the time, you know, mm-hmm. would throw in front of the first down marker, right? Yep. That was always the criticism for Alex Smith. And it was accurate. That is not Jimmy Garoppolo. I want to be very clear about that. Jimmy Garoppolo does not check down. That's kind of sometimes his problem is that he sees his read and he's going to try to put it in there. And he's got a quick enough release to get away with it more times than not. That's why, you know, like you're saying, he's good for an interception here and there. Yeah, right. right, right. He's not throwing behind the sticks. Mm -hmm. He's not dumping it off to running backs. He's actually going and making those big – is he making the big-time throws down the field like, you know, Josh Allen against the Chiefs? No, he's not doing that. (laughs) He never was going to do that. But, you know, I remember there was a touchdown that that Josh Allen had where he had three receivers, two guys on the right and one guy on the left, and it was – Diggs was on the left, right? And he goes up the sidelines or you're not really up the sidelines, but he kind of runs the streak and it brings that safety over, right? So now you have two guys and three defenders, all right? Uh, a safety and a corner, another corner, and a linebacker up in the middle. Uh, basically, everybody dropped back and the guy in the middle of the field was wide open, right? That's the throw that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to make. That's the throw that most good quarterbacks are going to make. Bad quarterbacks may try to like force it into digs, right? Josh Allen decided to go, you know, super human and throw it deep and score a touchdown off of it. That's Josh Allen, right? There's like three guys in the league that can make that throw. And it's probably him and Mahomes and Rodgers. Like, I don't even know if Russell Wilson can make that throw. But you don't necessarily need a guy to do that. You just need a guy who's going to hit the guy in the middle of the field, right? Right. That's what Jimmy Garoppolo can give you, you know? It, I, I think that, you know, the, the idea has always been, hey, like, oh, he's this check down guy. He's always going to, no, no, no. He can do way more than that. No. I, I, and I think that that's you could potentially see a team, a coach that would say, "Hey, look, let's take this guy on. Let's actually, you know, uh, we're not going to force him into the system like Shanahan did. We're going to let him play a little bit more loose, and maybe get a little bit more out of him. Let's also keep into consideration that, like, he had a knee injury in 2018, had a brace all of 2019, had the ankle injury in 2020, and then in 2021." His legs actually started coming back. I mean, let me, I don't know if you remember the Packers. There was a play where he uh, scrambled and pitched it to uh, uh, Elijah Mitchell in the middle of the field. He didn't see uh, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo do that in 2020 or 2019 because of all the leg injuries. But he started to kind of get there. Now, granted, he had the thumb and the shoulder injury. I'm just saying, like, you could potentially see a very below-average mobile quarterback. Okay, but that still is something. That's right. still something, right? Like, yeah. I, like he is not a. 
statue like he was in 2019 is my point. Mm-hmm. Where they went to the Super Bowl with that guy, right? They still went to the Super Bowl yeah, with that was the, a, Super Bowl a, a year, guy yeah. with a brace they, who was never mobile. Yeah. You know, they they you know, he had a brace on, wasn't mobile at all. They still went to the Super Bowl. And you know, granted, a great team, great defense, great run game, the whole thing. I all understand that. But my point is, is like you could potentially see a very, very bad mobile quarterback that, you know, one or two times a game is going to be able to go for a first down. It's going to be able to get outside of the pocket and make a throw downfield. Look, this isn't Trey Lance we're talking about here. We're not expecting him to do those things that, you know, we saw Trey Lance do that against the Texans. You know, right. he misses a read gets out of the pocket, and makes a strike down the sidelines. Jimmy's never going to be that guy on a consistent basis. No, I never thought he would be. I'm yeah. saying, yeah. yeah, I'm saying, you know, a below-average mobile guy is better than a statue. Yeah. Right? right? Especially when he's, if you're a statue, like, you better be Peyton Manning or Tom Brady. And Jimmy Garoppolo's not those guys. Like, he's kind of in the same mold, but clearly way, 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 way below the talent of those guys and the arm for that matter. Right? Right. So, a little extra. That's great. I'll take it. You know, doesn't need to be. So, I mean, look at Mahomes. Is another guy that is is in super mobile, but like mobile enough. Right. Obviously, he's way more mobile than than Jimmy Garoppolo. But my point is, is like that extra element. We could potentially see a guy coming off of those injuries that might be able to add something. Now, granted, can he stay healthy? But if I'm the Steelers, shit, man, I'll take it. Keep Rudolph. I mean, don't start him. Please don't start him. But keep Rudolph, you know, bring somebody else in. Mm-hmm. And then trade for Garoppolo and, and see what you can do with it. I, I'd i be all for it. I think it'd be a good fit. I think it'd be a good fit as well. You know, you, you they'll find, I think it'll be interesting to see how they would retool the offense with him or if they even need to retool the offense. It might be just fine. Like, they've, if they're, they've already got a bunch of good receivers. You know, there's, it's clear, right? I so, mean, you're talking. You're talking about a pocket passer replacing Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, yeah, basically. Like, I don't know how much you got to really retool. Like you got a tight end who can go up there and get the ball. You got a couple of, you know, talented receivers that probably need to refine their craft a bit. But you know, the the heart and soul of that team is the defense, which is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. is this not Jimmy Garoppolo? You know, you're talking about a Midwest kid already. I mean, I know it's Illinois and not Pennsylvania, but like. You know, Midwest kid playing in the cold. Like, yeah, he can do it. It's fine. Uh, he I think can it's hang. a great fit. Yeah, like, it's, it's, so many I, ways I, I really fit. think it works. I think it works. So it, I, I mean, actually hoping they go through with that. I, I think it'd be a good trade. And what do you think the Niners could get back for a trade like that? Like, what, what, what kind of assets do you think would be like? What would be the I, ceiling of assets that could come back the other way? You know, you look at like things like uh, mm-hmm. the, you know, the Alex Smith trade when Mahomes took over. You look at things like the Carson Wentz trade, mm-hmm. you know, last year, and I think those are optimistic. Um, okay. You know, I think the the Carson Wentz trade was something like a fourth or a fifth, and then a second that could turn into a first. I think that's pretty optimistic, uh, and, and there's a couple of reasons for that. I mean, one is Wentz is going to a place that, um, you know, uh, had the head coach that knew him, that you know thought that they that know, true. could bring him in and yeah. maybe the right. maybe the yeah, last yeah. piece yeah. for this team. I mean, yeah. you know, you, you team that has a great offensive line, um, has some weapons. I mean, they're not like full of tons of weapons, but have a couple of weapons. And it's a great defense, really underrated defense, right? Went to the playoffs the year before with Phillip Rivers. If you get an improvement out of that guy, great. And Carson Wentz showed that he had the talent beforehand. Now, I think Carson Wentz is a mess, but 
I would not have done that. I wouldn't have taken on that contract. They're going to be stuck with that contract again this year. I know there's talk about Carson Wentz being traded. I think the Saints already going to take that really? contract. after one year. That is oh yeah, that is wild. oh yeah, well, but wow. it's not going to happen. They're stuck with him. Yeah, they're yeah, stuck. They're stuck at least for one more year. If you look at that contract, like no one's going to want to take on that cap number right. and give up assets to get Carson Wentz. You know, if anything, you're going to need to give something to the team to take on the contract. Mm-hmm. To be perfectly honest with you, like yeah. why, like. He had a good, he had a decent year when you look at the stats. If that's not enough, then what what else is going? What's under the surface that we don't know about? The point is, is I still think that's pretty optimistic. And also, you had a team in Philadelphia that just really wanted to get rid of the guy, wanted to dump the contract. Yeah, they had a lot of motivation. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. So and there wasn't like there was a ton of guys out there, right? For the 49ers, though, like yes, they need they need to get they 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 don't have a lot of leverage here. Correct. So that, that's the difference, right? There's there's much less leverage in this you know, scenario. Yeah. It, yeah. It, and I think the other aspects of this are, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo's injuries. Jimmy Garoppolo is not, you know, he he's never shown the flashes that Carson Wentz has. He never had the consistency that Alex Smith had, right? So I think that it's pretty optimistic to think that they're going to be able to get that. Now, I could see something like maybe like a fifth or a sixth this year and maybe a second or a third next year. I, I think that that's, that's plausible. I could also maybe just see something like maybe to the second or a third this year, and that's all they're going to get out of it. However, I do think once some of these other things, these other dominoes start to fall, like, you know, one, I don't think Russell Wilson's available. I just, I just, just, just throw that out there. Like, I, I am highly doubtful the Seahawks are going to trade Russell Wilson. I'd be shocked if they trade Russell Wilson. I'll hold you to it. There's but no I, reason I, for I do agree do with you on that because I think, we, you know, you, it's like with Rodgers, right? We, it's much to do about nothing, I think. I think they're, I actually think Rodgers is probably going to stay, if you can believe it. Well, Rod, Russell Wilson, the reason why is like, one is like, right. what's the problem here? You know, what, what, what exactly is the issue here? And if you're the Seahawks, get over it. You know, that's yeah. what the, the conversation is going to be like. Let's go win football games. Like, let's try to rebuild this team and let's try to make it back into the playoffs because yep. you have a great quarterback. The only way the Seahawks trade Russell Wilson is if they get an elite quarterback in return or a near elite quarterback. And we're talking to Sean Watson and Aaron Rodgers. And do you really want to remove Russell Wilson? You know, the guy he, I mean, I think he's kind of a weirdo, but like, he's a good guy. You know, always talking about, you know, all the things that he talks about and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, and go to that to a dude who has, for some reason, hundreds and hundreds of massage therapists all over the country, and some of them don't like him, and some of them think he's great. Can I just say it's really weird? It's really, really weird that, like, Deshaun Watson was like, hey, so yes, some of these masseuses said that I did things inappropriately to them or I acted inappropriately. But here's 30 more that said that I didn't. Why do you have that many masseuses? <laughs> That's a great it's question. Really, really I'm weird. just thinking about that. I agree. It's really, really that weird. That is weird. Like I, like, I don't know how the NFL works. I've never been in the NFL. But I highly doubt guys have 60 masseuses that they can go to that either remember yeah. him enough to be like, yeah, that guy did this thing, or to be like, yeah, I can vouch for him. It sounds insane. Thing. It's so no, he's clearly not going really for the therapy, weird. right, Jacob? You think like there's some other motive with these guys? I'm just look. I don't know. I don't want to speculate. It's just, it's just all it's all kinds of weird. My point is, right, like, right. why would the Seahawks make a move like that? You know, are are, are the Packers going to trade Aaron Rodgers to the Seahawks and face them in the playoffs? 
Hell no. Right? If the Packers are going to trade Aaron Rodgers, it's probably going to be, you know, Denver, to be honest yeah. with you. But it's going to be in the AFC. And does Aaron Rodgers really want to go to the AFC? I mean, right now the NFC looks like, you know, it's kind of you and, you know, maybe the 49ers and the Rams. You know, if Russell Wilson and the Seahawks can get it together, maybe them too. But, like, you know, if if Washington finds a quarterback, they got a pretty good defense. But, like, right now it's kind of all in flux. You go to the AFC, you got Josh Allen, you got Patrick Mahomes, you got, you know, Joe Burrow, you got Justin Herbert. Like, come on, I mean, even your own division. Like, you got Josh McDaniel showing up, and, you know, I don't, maybe they re signed Derek Carr, which I think they will. It sounds like they will. You know, like, that's a tough division to go in if you go to Denver. And then who else in the AFC? Maybe Pittsburgh? Like, you play some Lamar Jackson. I mean, like, it just, just sounds nuts, right? Like, he's probably just going to stay. What's in now, it for the Packers to about do that, that, right? Is, like, that's kind of the thing, right? Like, what? Why would they? Why would they do that? The Packers. Why would they trade him to the to well to the NFC? They have no need to. The only way that they can do it is, is basically like here's the problem: is what they did is last year after all the shit that went down, right. you know, that we saw kind of very publicly kind of happen, and probably behind the scenes. Both sides kind of came together and were essentially like, let's create essentially a ticking time bomb here. Mm-hmm. Um, and the ticking time bomb is he has a massive cap space, like massive cap. And so they need to make a decision. They either need to re-sign him, give him an extension, and lower that cap number, which it would be easy to do, or trade him and dump a ton of salary. And they'll still take a massive cap hit, but it'll only be for one season. And interestingly enough, if you look at what the cap number would be if they keep him or if they if they kept him compared to what the cap number would be if they traded him, it just so happens to be really, really close to the franchise tag number for wide receivers. Now, they also have like 40-plus million in cap, mm-hmm. over the cap. They actually restructured a couple of guys recently. They're probably going to continue to restructure a bunch of guys because they have to. Because like four, five, six guys, I can't remember, there's a few contracts that basically went from like six, eight, nine million to like 20, 22, 23 million. And it's just the way that they've structured these contracts. So they're going to add void years. They're going to, you know, turn base salaries into signing bonuses. Teams are starting to do this more now than giving big signing bonuses at the beginning of the contract. It allows them flexibility and it allows them to basically spread out the cap hit. So you may have a bigger cap hit than you would, you know, right you know now but like hey if a guy's going out if he's not on your team and it's a two three million dollar cap hit you know dead money like whatever it's better to do that when you can potentially keep Devonte adams on your team for the year before two years earlier right that's the thought process that teams are taking especially with covid you know it forced them into these scenarios so the, yeah. the packers need to a get you know they need to restructure a bunch of guys if they want to keep Devonte adams after they restructure a bunch of guys and not really hurt their roster keep their roster intact they need to re-sign or trade Aaron Rodgers that's it so we're going to see what happens with Aaron Rodgers I think it's March 8th is the franchise tag deadline he's going to let them know because unless he's a total dick the only and here's the thing is like Aaron Rodgers doesn't want this either Aaron Rodgers if he says fuck you guys I'm going to stay with the Packers. I don't want to re-sign an extension. I want to become a free agent next year. They're fucked. And they're going to have to restructure a bunch of guys. They're going to lose Devontae Adams. The roster is going to be worse. Aaron Rodgers doesn't want that either. Yeah, because so that's If Aaron Rodgers says yeah. before March. Got to win, yeah, too. If he says before March 8th, I'm staying, they're going to franchise tag Devontae Adams 
or maybe they can refine them. You know, they'll, they'll work on it, but like they, we'll see. I don't know where those conversations are going, but the point is, is like they need to know this stuff. And they ha- it's built in. Like this, this was a ticking time bomb. They did this on purpose. So that way it would force both parties to come together and make a decision. Now the Packers are saying, we never promised that we would trade him, but he has leverage now. Last year, he didn't have any leverage. He has leverage now. And they have leverage too, in a sense, right? Because yeah, they yeah, can basically tell him, like, if they're true. like, if he's like, I want to be a free agent next year, fuck you. They're going to be like, okay, then we're going to destroy this roster and it's going to be a worse team. And then you're not going to get as much money potentially. You're going to waste a year and you're 38 years old, right? So everybody has a reason to come together. My point is this one, going back to kind of what we're talking about is there's a good potential there in Rogers staying with the Packers. That's going to be a big domino that falls. If he stays with the Packers, that takes another guy off the market. Right now you basically have speculation with Russell Wilson, which again, I don't think it's going to happen. I think the, the Seahawks will ask for way too much money and they, or way too much compensation. And they should, if, if anybody's like, we want Russell Wilson, you better ask for the fucking world. You better not trade Russell Wilson for a couple of first round draft picks. He's how, worth way more. Just, a, just, to, just to refresh my memory, do you remember how old Russell Wilson is right now? Like 33 or 34. Yeah, so you still got a few good years left. Yeah, so you absolutely yeah. need to ask oh, yeah. the moon. Yeah. 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 And, and like, yeah, like he's a he's a mobile scrambler guy, but, yeah. like, he's not, yeah. like, the fastest dude in the world. He's His legs, are, I think, are going to be a lot more – he's going to be able to preserve that side of his game a lot more than, say, you know – I would say like a guy like Patrick Mahomes, yeah. you know, when he gets to that age, you know, I think you think you'll you'll probably see Patrick Mahomes become more of a pocket passer, more of a guy who's gonna he's gonna be like Aaron Rodgers, right? Aaron Rodgers, you know, he's a, he's a bit of a scrambler. When but, he learned how to get out of the pocket and run for a first down, is yeah. when he really became an elite quarterback, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Russell Wilson is more than yeah, that's true. Yeah. So so even if Russell Wilson becomes just like those kind of guys, he's still gonna be better than those guys at that. And those guys, like, I mean, look at them. We're talking about one of the He's a future Hall of Famer. You don't trade a future Hall of Famer unless you get everything in return. That's so not going to happen, right? Then there's Watson, who, again, like, I, nobody knows what's going on, right? You know, he's got he's going to have to be deposed for all these lawsuits. We don't know what he's going to say. We have no idea. I mean, let's be clear about this. Bill Cosby went to jail for lawsuit depositions, okay? Got taken out of jail because of those lawsuit depositions. But, like, you know, those things could you – know, there's no guarantee those are going to be sealed, mm-hmm. right? So if you trade for this guy and then a year later those depositions get you know leaked, it's going to be like, oh, our quarterback is a sexual assaulter, and he admitted it. You know, like do you really want that PR, man? No, no, no. Worth the and, risk? and not only that, but he hasn't played in literally a calendar year at this point. I don't know if you yeah. want to – that's a I, big I, risk. That's a big risk. I'm gonna I'm gonna just say like I think that Deshaun Watson there's a good chance Deshaun Watson is on the Texans roster next year. That's interesting. That's... You know, and all season. Well, but, you know, but, 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 which, if you're just saying like a, a, he'll be there and he doesn't play, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. There's a very very very, very, very good chance. Yeah. yeah. I agree. I agree. And, or or he just gets cut, right? Yeah. Like there's a good chance that Houston gets nothing out of Watson. Yeah. There's a good chance that they get something out of him, also. But like, there's massive risk here. Absolutely. You know, it's not as clean cut as everybody makes it out to be. Like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, like all these guys. My point is, you start seeing a shrinking market. Who do you got left? Who do you got left? 
I mean, probably the best guy on the market right now is James Winston. You know, I know you have Mitchell Trubinsky. Didn't you have Kirk, you know, Kirk Mariota. Those are kind there? of your sick. Did I get that Again, right? Again, you're talking about a guy with a massive cap hit. Oh, yeah. yeah and if you're the true. Minnesota Vikings, are you going to trade Kirk Cousins right now? You're a new coach, brand-new coach. You have a franchise quarterback. I know he's not the greatest He's got a low the ceiling, though. That's the problem, crazy. though. His ceiling is so bad. Like, like you were talking about how Garoppolo yeah, is not got a, a high floor. He's, he's a huge checkdown guy. That's the only but thing. But he's got a high floor. He's true, got a high true, floor, too. True, true. True. Look, I'm not saying that Kirk Cousins is an elite quarterback, not by any means, but he's a franchise quarterback. You don't trade a franchise quarterback and start telling <laughs> I mean, Mond is, if you don't yeah, think he's ready or find somebody else. At this point, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, but yeah. uh, so was Matt Stafford when he was with the Lions. That's true. Yep. He won a Super Bowl with a good team. Right. You know, right. my point is, is like if you are if you are head coach for first year head coach in the NFL. You don't trade a franchise quarterback unless, again, you get somebody in return that can also give you a chance. You have, like, the Vikings have a decent roster. Why cut that out? Why cut that down so that way you can re- – they have no reason to rebuild. They need to restructure some things. Maybe they maybe they give, you know, Cousins an extension. Or, you, know, you know, maybe they draft a quarterback. I don't know, but you don't just, cut, you know, pull the rug out from under a roster like that when you're in your first year. This isn't, you know, the 49ers – you know, with Shanahan and Lynch coming in, you know, in 2017 or, you know, with the 017, I think it was. Yeah. You know, where it was, this is just a depleted roster. You know, mm-hmm. we've seen those kinds of projects, right? Lovey Smith, poor guy, is walking into a rot. Well, not walking into, he's already there. He's got a roster that's just terrible. Now they're trying to rebuild, but I don't know exactly in what way they're trying to rebuild. But like, you know, this isn't the Vikings, right? We're not talking, the Vikings don't, they have, they have talent. There's, there's pieces there. Kirk Cousins is one of those guys. If they're going to trade Kirk Cousins, dear God, you better get something in return. Also, that's a massive cap hit for somebody to take on, too. You know, we're talking about a lot of different moving parts here. So, I think the summary if you're the 49ers, of... you have to wait that stuff out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's a great that's call. That's a great call. So, can we, since, since we're talking about all this potential movement, um, where does it leave Debo Samuel? Because... The, the 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 consensus seems to be that they're going to give him the big contract. Um, I think it would be worth it. They were thinking along the lines of five years for Samuel, who clearly was a standout player on the 49ers this year. He had yeah. an amazing year. You know, yeah. he you you yeah. he was like wide receiver and running back at the same time. He was really good. So, um, yeah, is that pretty cut and dry? Do you think from from the standpoint of the Niners, will they will they just give him the I, contract? What what do you think I, goes into that? Whether whether it's whether it's this year or next year, I think Bosa and Debo get a long term contract. Yeah, I, I think that this year, I think they're going to try. I, you know, I think you're going to see you know them attempt to try to resign guys. I wouldn't be shocked if they kind of let everybody go, for the most part. You know, Lincoln Tomlinson's probably the one guy on the, you know, the left guard that they might want to keep. Um, they got a lot of question marks on the on the offensive line, but it's mm-hmm. a pretty good offensive line, mm-hmm. and they have a lot of guys that could potentially come back. McGlinch, he's hurt, right tackle. Mm-hmm. He had a really bad injury, yep. so we don't really know where he's going to be. Uh, right guard has been a problem for them for since basically you know Shanahan and Lynch showed up for and before that. Like it's just been a really tough position for them to find somebody. But you know, Brunskill's been okay. Uh, if Alex Mack doesn't retire, which you know hopefully he won't for the 49ers' sake. Um, you know, he's a solid veteran. You know, Lincoln Thomason is one guy. But they, they've drafted a lot of guards. You know, they, they've drafted a lot of in, interior guys. They, you know, there's a chance that they're going to be able to replace him. Um, 
that's probably the biggest one outside of maybe DJ Jones and the interior offensive line. You know, how much are you going to sign a nose tackle for? You know, can he? He's a really great interior penetration type guy, right? He's going to get in. He's going to make you know make some noise. And, and, and you know, we've seen this with the Aaron Donald types, right? Like it's valuable right now in the NFL. It used to be that you wanted space eaters there, right? Big guys who just take up space. They're kind of two gappers, and they're not really rushing the passer. They're just more pushing guys back. That's not what the NFL is doing anymore. You know, it's a lot of four-three under defense where guys are hitting the, the inside and just getting to the quarterback, getting in their face, and that really is is changed quite a bit in the NFL in the last you know ten years, fifteen years now. Mm-hmm. It's, it did exist before. I'm not saying this is like a new thing, but it's really become very prevalent. You saw this in the in, in, in well, I mean, you saw this in the NFC Championship game. You saw this in the AFC Championship game. You know, guys like Chris Jones, right? Like, this is the style of defense. So DJ Jones is another guy. I think they're going to let Jaquaski Tart go. I think they're probably, you know, if he can come back potentially, like I think he hits free agency. If he doesn't find anything as a safety, it's kind of tough. The market's tough. You know, you also have, uh, uh, the, the, uh, um, what's his name? Quan Williams, the nickel corner. Great nickel corner. Just a really solid guy on the wrong side of 30. Uh, you know, do they, do they, do the, the corners that they have right now, do they feel like they can replace that? Can they invest into that somewhere else? You know, my point is, is that like, I think that what you're seeing the 49ers do, which is what they've been doing is instead of going and doing sort of the Rams type style, uh, or even like the Bengals who went out and kind of restructured their defense, you know, you know, or like the chiefs last year who restructured their entire offensive line, the 49ers tend to bring their own guys back. I think Nick Bosa and, and, and Devo Samuel are going to be those they're going to be priority for the 49ers. They yeah, want to and, and they should be too, right? Because um, they, they clearly have been, especially yeah. over the last like three or four years, they've definitely been the guys. Um, what about Kittle though? Like when is Kittle's contract up? Did you, would we know where we're at, we're at with him? Oh, uh, he's, 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 he's signing a long-term. Okay. So go, okay. He's, okay. he's signed long-term. Okay. Still, yeah. I mean, I think the issue with Kittle is like, how long are you going to, are you going to keep him for the full contract? He's right. Gonna be, He's getting up there, actually. He's like 28 now or 29. Oh, you know, wow. He, he's getting okay. up there. Okay. Uh, yeah, he's been around a yeah, while. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's yeah. not a young guy anymore. Like, Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, but look, like, hey, you know, Debo Samuel adds an element to the offense that you're just not getting from anywhere else. Right. He's a very special right. player because of his uniqueness, because of his versatility. Mm-hmm. It's going to be really interesting to see them run those 11 personnel. And here's the thing is, the 11 personnel is the most popular personnel group in the NFL now. This is the way the NFL has been for quite a while now. You know, 11 personnel, meaning one running back, one tight end, right? Um, when you have that, that means you have three receivers on the field. What does that mean? That means defense brings another defensive back on the field, whether it's safety, whether it's a corner, whatever. So usually it's that nickel corner or, a, you know, a, a, another outside corner, right? So you're bringing – you have five defensive backs on the field. That's why it's called the nickel, interestingly enough. I don't know if people know this, but that's why it's called the nickel. No, it's great you can't, you know, it's, it's actually back. very, very, yeah. I'm really glad you brought that up. Cause if yeah. in case the yeah. casual so fan that, isn't familiar, so, yeah, that's really great. Yeah. When, when the 49ers have Brandon, Ayuk and Debo Samuel and Juwan Jennings on the field, right. Teams are going to go, okay, we need to bring in a new, another defensive back. They bring in their nickel defense. Usually that means the smaller guy who isn't mm-hmm. able to come up and make a tackle. It means you're taking a linebacker off the field. You're going to have four down linemen and two linebackers. So six guys that are big, strong, fast, and make tackles. And they're going to have five small, somewhat small, relatively small, swifty guys. When you put Debo Samuel in the backfield, 
now you're at a disadvantage because you basically turned a wide receiver into a running back. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the difference that Debo Samuel makes because you can put him outside and you can also keep him. You know, it's not just that he's a running back as a wide receiver, you know, because that's what Marshall Falk was in many ways out of the backfield, you know, being able to catch the ball, all those things. Mm-hmm. That's what Roger Craig was for the 49ers a long time ago, right? It's different because the defense is keen on the idea that they have three wide receivers and you can't keep a linebacker out there because if they just put Debo in motion or just send him out as a wide receiver, now you're at a disadvantage. You have four defensive backs against three wide receivers and they're going to eat you alive. You know, that's what's going on. And this is also what the Rams did is they just realized like, look, like I mean, we all saw Jimmy Garoppolo's arm in green Bay. Okay. Let's just, you know, put eight, nine guys in the box and try to stop their run game and make Jimmy beat us, you know, just completely get the middle of the field and just do that. And, and the 49ers, they, they, they tried to counter. They, they, I mean, they had 17 to seven. So it's not like they did poorly, right? They, they had a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you started seeing what the Rams counter to that was like, we get to that point in the fourth quarter. Now we just pin our ears back, get to the quarterback, get to the quarterback. And that's where the NFL's at now. Right. So Debo adds that element. That's just a special. Player. And, I mean, and then Nick Bosa, I mean, like, I, if, if he's not the best pass, pure pass rusher in the NFL, he's one of, right? Like he's in the, 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 you know, TJ Watt. I mean, just to, you know, his names guys, right? Like the, 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 you know, obviously like the Von Millers of the world are a little bit older now and probably don't aren't at that level, but like, we're talking that kind of level, right? The 49ers have had a guy like that since Alden Smith, you know, so you keep that guy and hopefully he doesn't go the way of Alden Smith. He doesn't seem to be that kind of guy. Fortunately for Alden Smith, he had a pretty rough off the field career. Um, but yeah, you, you, you keep those guys. Like, I, I don't know what else to say about Nick Bosa outside of the fact that like when he's on the field, they're a much better football team. He, he outside of Trent Williams, he's probably the best player on their team. Let's just be honest here. Uh, Trent Williams is just special. He's a different breed of football player. <laughs> but Nick Bosa is probably their, their guy, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. I'm, Dave? That, that, yeah. that defense yeah. is, uh, you know, we talked about how good the defense was like over the last year or so. And um, I think that's a big reason why I think you don't worry as much about the team going into next year, even if you have a quarterback change. So can we, if we can stay, uh, one more thing I wanted to talk about before we get into the draft prospects. Um, and it's this, how would one be like, what would one have to adjust in order to make Depot Samuel work in an offense with Trey Lance? Does that improve his, his, his stock or does it make it about the same or uh, what'd you do? That's an interesting question. Huh? Uh, so I, I, I think, I, I think, I think, yeah, it's a great question. I think really you don't change much when mm-hmm. it comes to Debo Samuel. Um, I think the only thing that you do is probably give him the ball less in the backfield. Okay. You know, right. you actually don't run him like a running back as much because you know he's a big, strong guy. You know? Yeah. I mean, well, I was thinking that too because I was like, well, guy. if if Lance is going to be a threat to run more, then there's not less, there's not as much of a reason to have him do end arounds and be a running back, right? So I, I think that's a good I, call. I. I think the one interesting thing is, is can they replace Raheem Mostert? Ah, uh, good question. Or can they re-sign him? Yeah. You know, because I think that if you if you add that element, you know, if you could give him the ball twelve times a game and give, you know, you know, or or you know, you give him five to fifteen times a game, give Elijah Mitchell the ball five to fifteen times a game, and give, you know, Debo Samuel the ball one to five times a game. 
you're you're probably going to be in a good place running the football, mm -hmm. right? And Trey Lance is going to have a couple, you know, one to five runs there too, right? Yeah. Not scrambles, but like maybe legitimately runs, mm -hmm. right? And maybe zero in some games, right? Maybe you're not going to do it every game, every year, you know. Think of like the Bills with Josh Allen. Right. You know? They did that a lot when they were in big games. The Patriots later in the season, uh, it's Patriots not really in the playoffs because they just destroyed them uh, throwing the ball. But like against the Chiefs, they did that a lot, right? I think you get to see that with Trey Lance, right? So you, you, you throw in that, those are, those are your four guys, right? Or do they find somebody that can kind of be that monster guy? Because one of the things that Elijah Mitchell, is credit to him, I mean, he just came in as a rookie six-round draft pick and just was phenomenal. Um, but he doesn't have the speed. He's, he's not a guy that's going to get outside the way most of them. And it's funny when you watch him play, you know, you see a lot of guys go like, oh, that guy took a bad angle. It's like, no, that guy's just fast. He's just ridiculously fast. And it's really hard to get yeah, to him. It really is. He really is. I think yeah. A lot of people, yeah, a lot of people are talking about like, well, he might go to the Dolphins, you know, go out mm -hmm. there with, uh, you know, the, the offense coordinator, you know, uh, Mike McDaniel, who's the head coach now. So, you know, maybe the other one will bring him back. But if they bring him back, I think that really changes how they kind of approach the offseason in terms of the run game. I think they need to definitely kind of minimize the Debo stuff in the run game and leave it to points where it's like, man, putting him out in the backfield, it's unexpected and not like this is our game plan because he completely changed the dynamic of that team. We talked about it earlier, just like how the team changed, how everything changed. It coincided with Debo becoming a, that part of the offense. And it was mostly because they just didn't have another element there. Right. It, like they needed to do something offensively. And once they inserted Debo Samuel into that type of a game, it, it, it changed everything. And they went on, I mean, they went, you know, uh, what was it, nine and two or seven and two in the last nine games of the season, you know, and the two games they lost were like pretty tight games. They had the, the Seahawks that gave up a really stupid, you know, uh, 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 punt, fake punt touchdown. Uh, early in the game, and then late in the game, they they had a chance. They were at the goal line to, to tie the game up. Right. Uh, the Titans they had the lead ten to zero, I think, you know, and they eventually again they they drove down the field, scored a touchdown, tied the game up, and the defense gave a field goal and they lost the game. Like these were two tight games. All and this is just how the Niners were all all the way up until. I mean, I guess you could say they went, you know, essentially nine and three mm -hmm. in the last twelve games of the season. You know, and all of those games that you know the three games they lost, they had a chance. They were right there. You know, and Debo Samuel was the biggest part of that. But I don't think that you can rely on that. And also, I don't think you have to when you add the element of the legs of Trey Lance like you're talking about. How do you adjust? I think that you minimize what he does. Where I think the biggest thing, element that you can kind of get is the two-minute drill. Now, one, mm -hmm. Jimmy Garoppolo was great at two-minute drill. She was fantastic at it. Like, I had a lot of faith in him. Like, it didn't mean that, like, I thought we were going to win every game if it came down to the end. But, like, it was like, hey, you know what? He started kind of filling it. He started getting in a in a rhythm. They understood what they were doing all the time, and, and it just it, it was working. Where I think this could be a really big element is that if you put Trey Lance, you know, in the backfield in shotgun, and you put Debo Samuel next to him, and you do an RPO, I don't know how you adjust to that as a team. And when you're in the two minute drill, you're not necessarily going to change huddles. You might be just get up to the line of scrimmage do it again and if you have you know if, if you're if you, if you have again like we're talking about if you're in supposedly 11 personnel and you start throwing another running back back there with Kyle Juszczyk or Elijah Mitchell or somebody else right suddenly the defense has to start like okay maybe they'll run the ball here 
Maybe Debo Samuel goes out for a pattern out of the backfield. They don't know. Now, now you're starting to put strain on the defense. That's where I think things can be really, really exciting for the 49ers with Trey Lance back there. Obviously, he's got a bigger arm. I don't think they're going to take as many risks like they did with Jimmy Garoppolo, like we were talking about earlier, just the one mm-hmm. in the middle of the field all the time. You know, they're going to do what guys with big arms do. Throw deep, throw to the sidelines, go outside, go where there's, in a, in a weird way, there are low percentage throws that are less risky mm-hmm. because there's less people out there. Whereas Jimmy Garoppolo is throwing high percentage throws that are extremely risky, you know, they're going to spread the offense out. And so I think Debo becomes a part of that because, you know, everybody's kind of forgotten now that like Debo was a yak guy, you know, that's what his element is, is get the catch run. And that's not going away just because you threw him in the backfield for half a season. Right. Um, So I think it's going to be really cool to see that happen. I also think that, you know, a guy that kind of has been forgotten in all this is Brandon Ayuk. Who, like, let's be clear about this. From a receiver standpoint, Brandon Ayuk's probably a better receiver than Debo Samuel is as, as being a receiver. Like, just being a receiver. Now, there's things that Debo does better than him. And he has, obviously, a huge element of the game that, like, you just can't. It's, it, you know, it's really interesting what Debo Samuel does. He's just a special player, whereas Brandon Ayuk is more of your standard kind of number one type receiver who hasn't really gotten to that point. But how much of that is, well, I mean, he's. Yeah, he doesn't have a quarterback that's going to stretch the field for him. Can Trey Lance add that element? I think he can. I, I actually would pay more attention to what Brandon Ayuk is going to do next year. If he takes off, 49ers could be a very dangerous offense. If he doesn't take off, I think you're going to see a similar thing to what Jimmy Garoppolo-led offense was. Um, and Debo is not going to change. Like, I think they just do less of the running stuff. Um, but, again, two-minute drill. That's where things get really fun. RPOs, right? Yep. You know, nobody's scared about Jimmy Garoppolo running on RPS. No, no. You know, we goodness. all know it's it's either a run or a pass, <laughs> and it's not right. you running. You know, there's no option here. It's it's you're either handing the ball off or you're throwing the ball. But Trey Lance adds that element where, like in RPO, like you don't know what could happen. He could run. He could hand it off. If you got Debo Samuel next to you, Jesus, you can do pretty much anything you want. And I can only imagine what Shanahan can cook up in that respect, right? And yeah. you know, Anthony Lynn out there uh, I mean look like I've always I, you know this I've always defended Anthony Lynn I think he's a better coach that is you, you did I do remember that um, I remember very well I remember that we were killing you know our friend uh, coach and you yeah. know and I were, we're killing him when he was at the Chargers and you did defend him yeah. I remember that very well yeah I mean look the, you know look a lot of the things reasons why you guys also went after him was because of a lot of the late game decisions he made and not necessarily you know, what the offense and defense is doing, but kind mm-hmm. of like his time management. And I mean, obviously the chargers have fixed all that with their new head coach. Yeah. who never makes mistakes <laughs> in the games and who doesn't do anything. I know wrong. that's what's so hysterical so. about that. Like, they are, this other, this new guy is a clown. Oh my goodness. His game management. They, is so I mean, bad. they went, and I actually kind of like him. I gotta be honest. Like, <laughs> look, I, I, they went from a guy who was just way too conservative to a mm-hmm. guy who is like, even for me, I'm like, go for it. on fourth down. I don't give a fuck. Go for it. Like I'm, I'm that guy. Like you're, right. you're at your own twenty yard line. Fuck it, throw it deep. Like I'm that guy. He's nuts. Yeah, like, he's the like the polar opposite. I mean, he, you know, Shanahan is conservative as hell, and it bugs the shit out of me so right, much. Right. You know this. We saw you're it. You're on the playoffs. text thread yeah, when they're absolutely. playing my screen. Yeah. You know, I get, yeah. I get really upset about it. I'm like, why are we taking a field goal here? Why are we punting the ball here? Let's yeah. go for it. And look, I mean, I hate to say it, but like, look, it's third and. 
two or third and one or whatever, you have two plays to get a first down in the NFC Championship game. Uh, you're up by, I think, seven at the time. And if you score a touchdown here, the game's probably over. If you get the field goal here, it's going to be really difficult. And in those two plays, you run two shitty plays, or you run one shitty play, and then you decide to bring Jimmy Garoppolo out and pretend to do a five, you know, get it down to snap, snap count and make them jump offside. I don't know why you don't bring Trey Lance into the game at that point and go for it on fourth and two. Like, beyond me, like, you, the whole reason why Shanahan was like, well, we don't want to bring Trey Lance in because it kind of messes with the rhythm of the offense. And I agree with that. I'm, I'm cool with that. I can see that. It's fine. But it's fourth and two in the NFC Championship game. The rhythm's broken. You need a first down. Go get it. Get Trey Lance on the field. Tell him run to the sidelines and get the first down. I don't care. Or throw the ball. I don't, I don't know. Do something. But Chargers coach, oh, he would have went for it on fourth and 20. I mean, it just doesn't matter. Like, it, it, <laughs> you got to appreciate it. Well, you he's got an identity. It. I guess I'll give him that. I mean, he's he's committed to his identity. He's the most aggressive head coach in NFL. Oh, history, there's no he's doubt. Barely been a coach. <laughs> <laughs> and it's and it's not even it's not even close. It's I like, thought it's maybe not the, even like the a, Bengals. Oh, well, Zach Brown was, was the kind of like the next guy that was aggressive, but no, you're right. He's, no, he's, he's not even close. He's close. Like Zach Brown goes for it on fourth down, yeah. but like not like that. Yeah, not, that's true. Like this that guy is true. Just, that's true. And you know what, man? If I had Justin Herbert, I'd probably be like, fuck it. We're throwing every down and our defense sucks. We can't stop the run. So, Justin, just go throw. Just throw on every down. It's fourth and 43. We're going for it. Throw it, throw it 44 yards. Just go. <laughs> I mean, that guy's a beast. So. Yeah, no doubt. Um, okay, so we, I think we only have about seven minutes to go, but in that seven minutes, we can talk a bit about the draft uh, prospects. It's not going to be in the first round because <sighs> they gave their first rounder to Miami. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I guess there would still be some good opportunity, especially to address some of the needs you were mentioning, like a right guard in particular might be might be something you could work on in the net, you know, the latter couple of rounds. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to be point blank. Usually I watch a lot of college football stuff. You still there? Still there, yep. Did I lose you? No. Well, oh, okay, sorry. Yeah. I think I lose it. Uh, I, I usually watch a lot of college football stuff right now. Yeah. You know, doing a lot of, you know, just like, like you know, looking at highlights as much as I can, YouTube, whatever, checking out scouting reports, listening to podcasts and all, whatever, you know, like hearing different things and, what's going on and blah, 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 and getting all kinds of different opinions and, you know, trying to find what I can find and make an opinion. I haven't done any of that. Uh, one, I'm looking for a job. And two, like this Ukraine stuff, I'm not going to lie. Like, you, you know me, like I'm really a history politics guy. And, and uh, I've just been consumed by that. Just kind of reading a lot up on that mm-hmm. and, and kind of refreshing some of the things that I already knew about things or things that I kind of already, and I, didn't, I haven't done a ton, but I'll say this much. Uh, I think, yes, you're right. I think the 49ers didn't think about the future of the offensive line, whether it's this season or next season or season you know, after that. I mean, Alex Mack isn't a spring chicken, exactly. And Trent Williams, as good as he is, is older. Uh, Mike McGlinchey is in the option year of his rookie deal. So he's either going to get a big contract next year or, you know, maybe he comes back to the 49ers, but you're, you have to start thinking about these things. You know, I, I guess that right guard has been a problem for them. Lincoln Tomlinson is a reagent this year. So, I, I mean, all five positions, all five guys, they could have all five guys back next year, right? And maybe even have another guy come in and take over Brunskill and Brunskill becomes more of like a center backup, you know, interior guard, you know, reserve guy, right? They, that could potentially happen. All of them could come back. 
but we just don't know. And two years from now, I think the offensive line is going to look a lot different. So I think they need to start thinking about that. Where they invest that, I don't know if it's in the second round. You know, uh, it might be. Uh, one thing about this draft that I will say that it, it seems to be clear is that, like, because of COVID, uh, a lot of guys on the top end decided to stay because they had an extra year. So a lot of them stayed in college. So it's not a really top-heavy draft. But I think that, like, you know, 10 to, like, 70, 80 range is going to be a really great place to be drafting. You know? Yeah, Because yeah, there's just – you know, because a lot of guys are – you know, they, they – they, they stayed back last year, right? You know, they yeah. didn't have a chance to play football. So now they're, you know, we had a really small draft last year and it was a weaker draft and not necessarily like a super weak draft. We had a lot of blue chip guys, right? We had tons mm-hmm. of quarterbacks, obviously. Yep. But I think that, you know, usually you're looking at like 100 to 150 good prospects that are probably going to, you know, be pretty good guys and everything they have that's kind of a crapshoot, like a really big crapshoot and probably aren't going to really make it in the NFL. Last year was probably more like 75 to 100. This year, <laughs> right, I think right. that you're, you're kind of seeing similar numbers, but I think that that like mid to late first round, second round, third round is going to be really, really interesting. Yeah, um, yeah, more depth. Right? One thing like, just we like talked you're about, saying, the yeah. yeah, 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 and it's just because of COVID and all that. It, it reminds me a lot, a little bit, it, not so much. It, I don't think it was as extreme as when this, the new CBA came out. Remember, everybody was trying to get before the new CBA. So like 2010 or something like that. I, I think the CBA was in 2011. Um. So it was like 2010, like it was just a, like tons of guys came out because it's like, we want to get the the good rookie deals, not the new rookie deals that are going to be shitty, yeah. uh, which aren't shitty, but like it, it, they're certainly way more team friendly, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so the first round draft picks, you know, you're not just sitting the Matt Stafford's and the Sam Bradford's getting these huge, huge contracts. It's turned into like, well, you know, they're more manageable, you know, this is why teams are kind of doing the whole like like we're not doing right. Right. Trey Lance's cap number is pretty damn low. You know, Russell Wilson went to the Super Bowl a couple times in a rookie deal. Patrick Mahomes, you know, like his cap number is going to jump this year. It's going to jump even more next year. Maybe they start restructuring and stuff like that, and you know they can work on that. But the point is, it's like when you have a rookie on a guy on a rookie deal, you know, like Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow or you know Kyler Murray, you have a massive advance built-in advantage, and so that's part of this whole thing. So I think it reminds me of that a little bit with COVID because just guys didn't have a chance to play. Right. Yeah. One thing that I will say is that I think the 49ers need to look at again, interior defensive linemen that get up field, penetrate gaps, you know, gap penetration, those kind of guys, you know, DJ Jones kind of guys. I mean, like um, the the quintessential Aaron Donald is that guy. You're not going to find Aaron Donald in the second, third or fourth round. It's not going to happen. You, know, you probably aren't going to find him in the first round for that matter. He's just—he's a special player. He's outside of JJ Watt. You know, I, in our era, I don't know if there's a better defensive player. Yeah, I don't know if you agree with that, but like, I well, think he's Aaron on that JJ Watt absolutely. level. Absolutely. I mean, he's an easy Hall of Famer for me. Yeah. Like, he's yeah, yeah. yeah he's you fantastic. Know, but that 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 kind of guy, right? Interior yeah. guy. You know, doing that three technique just blowing people up even if he gets double teamed doesn't matter you have to double team i mean so it's going to open somebody right. else up you go and get a guy like von miller and you suddenly get you know you're you're just destroying guys 49ers already have some good players along that but i think you can get a bigger guy you know is Jav- javon kinlaw that guy that they drafted last year had his knee injuries well two years ago i guess 
had some knee injuries, had some problems, right? So we don't know. They need to look at that. But also, you may be able to replace Jabowski Tart. You know, uh, they have Jimmy Ward, who's a damn good safety. Um, Tart is a free agent. I don't know if he's going to come back. Maybe he does. I, I'm kind of doubtful, but I think he could potentially go into the free agency, not get much, come back to the 49ers on a cheaper deal, and that's good for them. I still don't think you, you know, you could still use a safety. I don't think Huafonga is a guy that I would put in a starting position. Devarius Moore has a coming off an Achilles injury. I don't know if he's ready to start. He, he can replace that. The other side of it is obviously like the, the thing that everybody's talking about the 49ers, and I know I haven't talked about it much because I don't think it's as severe of a problem as a lot of the national media thinks and a lot of outsiders think is the cornerback position. Yeah, I think they're actually okay. Huh. Not good, but okay. <laughs> Emmanuel Mosley is a solid corner. Ambry Thomas obviously struggled until the end of the season, but he came on late in the season. He showed that he, he, mm-hmm. he's a player. Now, could he have a sophomore slump? Yeah. So I think you bring a veteran in potentially to kind of compete with him. Is it Jason Barrett, who they brought in back last year, who tore his ACL again? Yeah, maybe he retires. I don't, I don't know. But I think you could maybe draft a corner in the second round and bring a guy in like that, you know, similar to what you did with Ambry Thomas, get some competition at that position. I think that's where you're, you're probably looking. The other side of it, too, is I like Juwan Jennings you know, the third receiver, I'd love to see a speedster, you know, maybe either a, like a small slot receiver. I know Richie James is a guy that's a free agent for them. But, you know, I think he'll probably end up in the Dolphins with might be Daniel, um, but somebody like maybe a, a little higher quality, even if he's taller or whatever, you're talking about a guy who can really stretch the field. You know, you don't need Deshaun Watson here, but like just somebody who can stretch the field because now you have a quarterback that can maybe potentially throw you the ball that way. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you already have kind of a number one receiver in Brandon Ayuk, who I don't think has become that guy, but could potentially be that guy. You already have a guy like Debo Samuel. Yeah. Juwan Jennings, I think, is a good third wide receiver. I'm not saying he's bad. I'm saying, you know, you could potentially bring somebody in that could compete for that or at least play a different role because Juwan Jennings is not a speedster. He is a slow, big slot receiver who's also kind of a yak guy because you get that guy in the middle of the field. He's big. He's hard to take down. You know, so he's not going to run past you the way that Debo Samuel does. He's not going to go up and, you know, get the contested balls the way that Ayuk does. But get him in the open field, good luck tackling him. You know, he's a big guy. But I, I want a guy who's, you know, going to stretch the field, even if he doesn't get the ball. Like, got to respect it because we got a quarterback now that can throw it deep. Right? We had a guy who can make that throw. And you know what's interesting? I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't, wouldn't be surprised if you see that. So let's just assume it is what? Lance. I think you're talking about Lance here. Or were you talking about Garoppolo before yeah. that? Because Trey Lance. You're Trey, talking I'm about, about okay, Trey Lance okay, cool. being the guy that can. So yeah, it. I'm really looking forward to yeah. seeing what he's going to bring to the table in the come in the year ahead. I I I did not get to see much of him during the last year or so, oh, even in preseason. We didn't really see many snaps. So I'm very excited to see him with yeah. full amount of snaps. I'll say I'll say very briefly, mm-hmm. very very briefly, because I know we're kind of up to time. One is I think that you have. Uh, a game that he came in in the second half with the Seahawks because Garoppolo was hurt and he did not look great. Mm-hmm. He looked a little bit lost out there. It looked like, you know, kind of deer in, highlight, uh, in headlights kind of a thing. Um, but he had his moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, you saw the talent jump off, you know. Mm-hmm. You saw it. He had a finger injury. I don't know if you remember this in preseason. Uh, but he had a finger injury, and I think he broke his finger, actually, uh, in his throwing hand. So that was a problem. Um, and that was part of... All of that kind of going into as a grapple as a starter, one is because Shanahan said so, but also Trey Lance was hurt anyway. And I don't think he was ready. Uh, 
the Arizona game the next week after the Seahawks game, um, they ran the ball a lot. They did a lot of design runs to him. There was a lot of things in the offense that you just saw them kind of strip away. Um, and he had his moments. Again, had his moments. You saw the talent. You saw the legs. You saw the arm. You saw all the reasons why they drafted him. But clearly, like, it didn't look like he was ready. Now, keep in mind, he's playing with the second stringers, right? The first time that he was with the first team offense was that week against Arizona. Okay. Fast forward to the Texans game at the end of the year when they really, really needed a win in order to get into the playoffs and still needed to win the next week against the Rams and, you know, the big fourth quarter or, you know, big overtime win that they come back after being down 17 to zero. Yep. Um, that game against the Texans, first half, he really struggled, but had some moments. Second half, he played a really clean game. And that game really reassured me. Oh, this guy's going to be at least a, an acceptable quarterback in the NFL. You know, I don't know if he's going to be, I don't know if he's going to hit all the notes that he needs to hit. Right. But he has the elite tools and that game showed that he's got it between the ears. There was moments where like, Hey, he makes a mistake here. And then he uses his physical talents and his tools and you go, Oh, whew, okay. All right. You know, this is why they drafted him where they drafted him. This is why they traded up to get him. And if he can put it together, you know, again, he's going to start practicing with the first team. You know, Jimmy Grapple is not going to be in the in the picture anymore. He's going to be the guy. He's going to be able to get a rhythm with, you know, IU, Kendivo Samuel, and George Kittle, all those guys. He's going to be able to practice those guys. And, and that's a big, big part of, you know, that maturation process. Um, I, I'm not saying he's going to come out next year and be a stud because, you know, we just don't know. We just haven't seen him play enough, not enough snaps. But I think that he can come out and at least be serviceable at the very least. And, I mean, you know, you look at 2020 for the 49ers. It's, it's a step up from – I mean, it's, I think it's a massive step up from Beathard and Mullins when Jimmy Garoppolo went down, right? right. Uh, I don't think you're going to see that kind of a thing. I think that he can potentially take them on their back at times. And if he really puts it together, I mean, again, I'm not saying he's in the – in that upper echelon elite guy, but like he has the tools. They're there. You know, does he have as big arm as Josh Allen does? No. But does anybody? Probably not. You know, could he be like Mahomes or those guys? I, I don't know. I, you know, we don't really know, but like the tools are there. Uh, they're there. And it, it, it could be, could be really good, but we'll see. I, I think he's going to be fine though. I think that he's, that, that, that Texans game was like, Oh, he's, he's going to be fine. Uh, We'll just see how much of a ceiling he has. Yeah, and I look forward to finding out. Well, I think we're up against the clock, but Jacob, that was a really fun discussion. I, I want to wish you the. Uh, I hope you have a great weekend, and uh, feel free to come back sometime yeah, soon. I, I think we'll have a lot of draft coverage and more off-season stuff in the next couple months. Well, I, like I said, I prepped for a Ukraine talk, so I wasn't really ready, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I appreciate you. Yeah, we'll see <laughs> what happens. When, yeah, you know, obviously the situation in Ukraine is very fluid too. So, you know, um, I applaud your yeah. I applaud your reading up it, on it. That's it, just how do you even understand that? It, I don't know. It's nice to you know, uh, nice to have football in absolutely. You know, to talk about because baseball is not happening. You know, and, and kind of every now and then take your mind off yeah. some of the shit that's happening in the world. And no doubt. obviously Ukraine's kind of been central. So yeah. anyways, man, uh, thank you for having me. Absolutely. I, I had a lot of fun. Yeah, 100%. All right. Take it, take it easy, my friend. All right, Jacob. All right, Jacob. man. All right, buddy. Take it easy. Late. So that's uh, Jacob Rosales Hunt. And uh, 
been a minute. I haven't talked to him in quite a while, and it's it's really nice to, to catch up with him. So uh, that's our show tonight. Um, let's see what we're gonna do with next week. I think I think we'll be off, but I'm not sure. So um, stay tuned on our Twitter at Ditcow for the uh, latest on that. We'll see what happens with the uh, we'll see what happens with the with the podcast next week. I mean, I would certainly be happy to record a show for next week, but we'll see what we'll see what we come up with uh, between then and now. But uh, we're gonna keep the offseason news going, and uh, we'll also have some college basketball talk too in the weeks ahead. So thanks everybody for t- for tuning in. If you want to check the podcast out, we're at Ditcow on the web, ditcow.com on the web, and at Ditcow on Twitter. You can search us for us Ditcow Football, the Ditcow Football Show on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate your your continued support of this program. Have a wonderful rest of your your night, and yes, you know, uh, hopefully you can find some peace in these podcasts in these uh in these times it's certainly been a very trying time for a lot of us but uh take care everybody have a great rest of your week and we'll see you next time